You know, Christmas is a season where, I don't know if it's like this in your family or not, but it's, it's a season where we get to be reminded of the things that fit and the things that, that don't fit, the things that belong at Christmas and the things that, that just don't belong at Christmas. And, and this evaluation process, it, it usually comes from the matriarchs of the family, You've heard some of these things before. You can't put the lights over there. No, put the decorations over here. The deviled eggs go over there. No, we're not watching Die Hard. It's not a Christmas movie. End of discussion. For heaven's sake, please put some pants on. It's Christmas. Reminders. Reminders of of what does belong and what doesn't belong at Christmas. And now, as as a parent, I find myself um, passing down some of the same Christmas procedural orders. No, you can't have cookies for dinner. It's Christmas. No, you can't open up presents early. It's not not Christmas yet. For heaven's sake, please put some pants on. Yes, it's Christmas. Yes, you have to go to church. It's Christmas. And I'm the pastor. (laughs) Christmas. Stop fighting with your brother. It's Christmas. Everybody stop yelling. It's Christmas. Constant reminders of what does and doesn't belong at Christmas. Christmas is often this colossal chaotic mess. It's a collision of of our perfect expectations and our actual experiences. It's like one long, drawn-out Pinterest fail. (laughs) But no matter what, after all, it, it is Christmas. And there are some things that belong, and there are some things that, that don't belong. And there are some things that belong that just don't, they shouldn't belong, like fruitcake. Yeah, or, or the song Santa Baby. Let's cut that out. Or, or peppermint chocolate anything. I, I said what I said. I'm standing by it. Oh. There are just, there are some things that belong and some things that don't. And there are some things that belong that seem like, well, they just shouldn't belong. At my house, uh, part of our decorations for Christmas is we have a few nativity sets set up throughout the house. You know, the scenes of, of Mary and Joseph looking down at baby Jesus in the manger, and there's some shepherds gather around. Now, we have a few of these sets. My favorite one is one that we got from Guatemala. Um, and it's got all the usual suspects to it. There's, there's Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, of course, and some shepherds. But then there's some, some interesting Guatemalan takes on who is at the manger scene. Like, this manger has a turtle. (laughs) Anybody else have a nativity set with a turtle in it? Uh, There's also an elephant, um, a rooster, kind of fits, pig, uh, and uh, a cheetah. Um, so it's, it's quite an eclectic set of the nativity scene. Uh, but then, then I also have my five-year-old who likes to add his own cast of characters to this nativity set. And so it's not uncommon for me to walk out in the morning, uh, to the living room and find a Spider-Man crouching on top of the nativity set or, or the Hulk, you know, with the wise men bearing gifts to meet baby Jesus. 
don't worry, the villains all made it too. There's, there's Venom and Thanos. It's like this Marvel Christmas movie set in Guatemala. <laughs> but but I, I kind of, I love it because in his rendition of the nativity, there is just, there is no one who does not belong. That, that according to him, there's, there's no misfits at the manger. And I think, you know, isn't that, isn't that how God wrote the script to begin with? You look at the cast of characters and it seems like it's a bunch of misfits and, and understudies. You don't have a, a queen that's given birth to some miraculous child. No, you have, you have a teenage mom who's being mom-shamed and talked about all over town. The dad is no king, no one of importance, really. He's just a carpenter, and yet he's kind of this foster dad to this God child. And then you have the, the only people who are actually invited to this miraculous event of Jesus' birth are some shepherds. The only people who get the angelic proclamation inviting them to God's birthday are some shepherds. It's not the royalty in Rome. It's not the high priest in Jerusalem. It's not King Herod in his palace. It's not the Pharisees and scribes, the religious folk of the day who had been waiting hundreds of years for the fulfillment of God's promise of the coming Messiah. It's not those who are wealthy or educated, or well-to-do. It's not, it's not the aristocrats, no. The only folks who get an invitation are some shepherds. Now, since we live in a world where you may not interact with shepherds too often, let me tell you about the shepherds of the day and time in which Jesus was born. Shepherds were at the bottom of the social and economic ladder, Shepherds was, was, it was not a profession that needed a college degree. Parents didn't hope that their children would one day grow up and become shepherds. They were, they were looked down upon because, well, what they did all day is they, they, hang, they hung around animals that stunk. So nobody ever invited a shepherd to a birthday party. They were outcasts. They remained in the outskirts of the field because any shepherd worth his weight ought to smell like his sheep. Shepherds smelled like sheep. And yet God says, they're the ones. They're the ones I'm going to send my invitation to. So why, why shepherds? <laughs> well, maybe... Maybe it's a message to the shepherds to let them know that even shepherds are worthy of the gift of Jesus Christ. That that this child is not limited to just the the well-to-do. This child is not limited to just those who are powerful and got some political and social clout. But the gift of Jesus is exactly for those who are at the margins of this world. There is nobody who does not belong at the manger. And so when the angels come to the shepherds, they they say to them, to you, to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, that for you, 
for you a Savior has been born. That he has been born for the shepherds. He has been born for those who wander. He has been born for those who are lost. He has been born for those who have nothing to their name, for those who are at the bottom of society, for those who struggle, for those who are broken, for those who are addicted and sick. Jesus has come for them. And don't ever rule out who God has been born for. Don't. Don't get it twisted to think that just because of someone's past, that doesn't mean that God does not have a place for them. God came to say, I have come. I have come so that those who feel like they have no place to belong, I've come to let them know that I belong to them. That for them, for us, a savior has been born. That word savior It's a pretty kind of obvious title. It just refers to someone who who does the saving, but but its meaning is quite extravagant. Because to save something means to rescue it. It It means I wonder what God thought about me, but now I know what God thinks about me. God sees me as loved. To to save means that 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 which should have been thrown away has been rescued. That which should have been tossed out, forgotten about, pushed to the side has been saved. For unto you, this night, a child has been born in the city of David, a savior. God came as a savior to this world because you are worth way too much to give up on. And instead of God just walking away from us, God walked right into the middle of our world, right into the middle of our mess, right into our very own fields filled with sheep and said, I'm here. I have come for you. This is my home now. So notice where this angelic invitation is sent to. It's sent to some shepherds who are out in the field keeping watch over their flocks at night. Don't, don't go by that too fast. It says that God addresses this announcement to some shepherds who are living in a field filled with sheep. A field filled with sheep. If you don't know this, a field that is filled with sheep ain't just filled with sheep. <laughs> Trying to keep it holy tonight. It's Christmas, but you got it. But there's some other stuff in that field besides just sheep. And the story tells us that the shepherds are living there, that this is their residence, this is their home, this is where they find themselves in a field filled with sheep and angels show up. In a field filled with sheep, an angelic choir that has been rehearsing their alleluia since the beginning of time shows up. In a field filled with sheep, God shows up. In the middle of a messy place, love comes down. In the middle of an unpleasant place, God's glory is revealed. In the middle of a dark place filled with sheep, God shows up. And God finds them right where they are. God finds us 
right where we are. Even if it is a field filled with sheep in the middle of the night, God's light shows up in some messy situations. And that's why we celebrate tonight. That, that's why we celebrate this baby that is born tonight. And that's why we call him Emmanuel, God with us. That, that God is with me, Emmanuel in my darkness. Emmanuel in my hopelessness, Emmanuel in my brokenness, Emmanuel in my laughter and in my crying, Emmanuel, God is with us. And so this came real to me um, a, a few days ago. I got two boys. One just turned five and the other uh, is almost seven, but he's really going on at 17 but the five-year-old was, was beginning to tell me, we were having this conversation, he was beginning to tell me, he says, you know, Dad, now that, now that I'm five years old, I'm not scared of everything anymore. I said, now that I'm, I'm five years old, I'm, I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. Well, a little bit. I said, oh, okay, buddy. Well, since, since you're, you're five and you're not afraid of the dark anymore, uh, you want me to turn off your light at night? I said, well... I don't need to see at nighttime. I just need to know that you're there. I, I don't need to see at night. I just need to know that you're there. And I think, isn't that the message of Christmas? That we, we don't have to see it all. We, we don't have to understand it all. That, that we, can, we can sit in the darkness just as long as we know that God is there with us. God, I, I, just, I just need to know that you're, you're in it with me, that you haven't forsaken me. God, I, I just need to know that you are Emmanuel, God with me in the darkness, that, that you are a God who shows up in fields filled with sheep and a God who speaks to shepherds. Now, when the shepherds get this invitation from the angels, they say, we just got to go see Jesus, <laughs> So this might be the, the deepest thing that I share with you all tonight. I realized that when I was reading this story, I realized that, that these shepherds, they have the audacity to go and see the Savior without first taking a shower. Think about that for a second. They don't, they don't get cleaned up before they go and meet Jesus. I mean, they, they smell like sheep. The, the audacity. The ushers wouldn't have let them in. And here's, here's what's so interesting about this. That if they were going to the palace to see the king, they would have bathed first. If they were going to the temple to see the high priest, they would have had to have been purified first. But watch this. The angels, the angels, they send them from the field to the manger. And so what's in the field? Some sheep. What's in the manger? Some sheep. So don't miss it. They go from a field filled with sheep to a manger filled with sheep. And so, so how I smell in the field won't keep me from seeing the Savior when I show up just the way that I am. 
because I'm just moving from one place to another where I know I can be who I am and I know that I belong. I don't need to be cleaned up before I meet Jesus. I don't need to try to make myself holy or be purified before I meet Jesus. I can show up just the way I am, smelling like where I've been, looking like what I've walked through to get here to meet Jesus. So here's here's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. There are no misfits at the manger. That there is no one who does not belong at the manger. And I say that, and yet I also know how easy it is for you to suspect that you just don't belong. To think that Christmas, you just have to dress up. You have to come to a church service and pretend for an hour that you're someone else. Pretend that your family is different than it really is behind closed doors. I I know how easy it is for you to believe that at Christmas, and especially in this place, that you, you have to hide the fact that you're not good enough, that you haven't done enough, that you don't have enough faith and you've got too many secrets and way too much doubt. You think that if God really knew who you were and what you had done and what you had left undone, that there is no way that God would be born for you. I know how easy it is to think that the Christmas story is not your story. To think that you don't fit or belong at Christmas. But here's what the Christmas story says. It says to us, To you, to you, to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, the Messiah, the Lord, and he is Emmanuel, God with us, that there is nobody who does not belong Because the word of God became flesh and made his home among us. Because tonight, Emmanuel comes to us, comes to you just as you are. And we call this love. We call this grace. You belong because you belong to God. Let me pray for us. So God, we thank you. We thank you for Christmas, that you gave yourself to this world. You gave yourself to us. So Lord, we we ask that you would light our hearts up with that good news. That we would know that no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, what we've done, our hangups or mistakes, God, you see us. And you have come for us. Lord, may that give us peace. May that give us hope. May that bring us joy. And may we feel the love of Christ tonight. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.